Hello, everyone. I'm Trent Loose. Welcome to another edition of Roll Route. I'm getting all weepy, teary-eyed here with Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson. We gather and discuss together the again. Food producers and food consumers. Although you stood us up in Brush, Colorado, what were you thinking? I did. Uh, you know what? Uh, family first, right? And uh, uh, we just had some. <laughs> no, we had some. Good we answer. had some. Uh, we we have uh we have a lot of elderly people in our family and uh there were just some issues that that popped up that we avoid. So yeah. Hey listen. Well you were missed. The main thing is the main thing is I've met you in the flesh now, Jay Truett. I yeah. twice the man I thought you were gonna be. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so are you saying you thought I was actually I don't know how to take that? <laughs> yeah, no. I'm actually a midget or I weigh I weigh seventy pounds more than what he thought. Seventy. No, he said no, twice. No, no, no. He see, said twice. Twice. See, the thing is, oh well see, so the yeah, a hundred is. So I was really nice to you before we came on air. And you know, you know, Trent, he puts things in your brain and makes you think, okay, I won't be as nice. I'll try and say it a different right. way. Oh, whoa, but, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. Don't be blaming yeah. Trent for your <laughs> your mental yeah. capacity. But anyway, anyway, uh, Jay, it was a pleasure to meet you. And uh, I didn't mean that at all. I meant that in the positive way. And um, yeah. it's a pity we couldn't spend more time. But I did get to sit in the car with you and not have to suffer any more of Trent's driving than I needed to over that oh, really? 2,742 <laughs> miles. Trent, Trent, uh, Trent's known for his great driving. That's why Amanda oh. drives him all the way to Missouri to see me. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, when I, he... I, you know, I, you know when I, whenever I need somebody to teach me to drive over 70 mile an hour in a blizzard, uh -huh. Trent's the man. Trent yeah, the man. that would yeah, be true. I the <laughs> so really it wasn't the it wasn't the weather that the, the weather didn't spook me so much. But I'm not that seventy mile an hour uh, blizzard driver, right? So maybe no. next time I'll pick you up and drive you. I don't know why. And and, and no offense, Andrew. You know you know I love you and have big respect for you, right? So yeah, uh, the yeah. truth. Yeah. Yeah, the truth of the matter is the next coming. time something's coming. You know there's yeah, there's another hand to this, right? No, yeah, next well, time you come to the United States in the winter. Yes. Uh land in Dallas first, and then I can drive you across the the United States. Uh, and uh, well, uh, only a guy in Texas thinks the last week of October is winter. It, well, it, it, it was it or was it not? <laughs> the last half was kind of winterish. Actually, you know that was the thing. You know that was the thing where I had to keep putting my fingers down my throat because, of course, you just know that even though you're in a blizzard, the roads are icing up. Yeah, cars are skating all over the place. You can actually see the ones that have come off the road. Um, you yeah, know, they, they keep giving. They keep saying to you, Jay. Ah, uh, you think this is winter? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Wait till you come in February. Nah. You know, and you're like, oh, please, please don't tell so me. So you know, you, you know, me. you know what all you know what they call all those people that were skating off the road and flying off the road into the media, though, right? Texans, English. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> Yeah, look, there's a Texan up here trying to buy cheap land, quote unquote. You know, 
we did see, um, I have to say, we did see some quite spectacular uh, um, people that had gone off the road. It was, it wasn't, there was one or two that, one, one jackknife, do you remember that one, Trent? That big yeah. jackknife, that looked really it, quite yeah. serious. And then, yeah. You know, but... And- Okay. Then, you, you, you hate to see it, but you have to laugh. I got to be honest with you. I just laugh, even when it's me doing it. Uh, and I have done it, right? That whole just yeah. like, what the heck? Uh, I used to have a, I had a Jeep Wrangler Sport at one point. That was okay. just a vehicle I just kind of buzzed around in, you know. And it was a it was a fun vehicle. You could throw feet in the back of it and go check cows and then drive across the creek and go anywhere you wanted to go at it except down a normal highway that had ice on it and then that vehicle did the craziest things and i learned (laughs) i learned to even laugh at myself when i would be driving down the highway and all of a sudden i'm going the same speed just backwards now and uh you know derek derek below from back news right he he is some because he he was uh he was almost competing with Trent. Well, he were because he was trying to keep up with him. And it was, yeah, it right. Was great. It was like it was like I was in the um, the well the Winter Olympics. I have to say, yeah, I thought no, I was in yeah. some new event. Event there was yeah. Trent <laughs> thinking, oh, I can go faster. You know, <laughs> the legend like, is always better than the story. Mm. No, yeah. Yeah. legend. You had seen. Yeah, yeah. I'm concerned that I left my case. I'm going to tell. I'm going to tell you this because I'm concerned that I left my case in the hands of that lovely wife of Trent's because uh, I know yep. just what my underpants went through over that three or four. Days. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jay Andrew yeah. flew anyway. back to the UK and his suitcase was still in Brush, Colorado. Well, of course, well, of course, he did, right? Why not? (laughs) Well, the whiskey's really good, though. Yeah, Yeah. hey, Uh, have you tried? By the way, I can't say. I I mean, the the um, some of the stuff that people gave us, uh, you know, just changing the subject slightly, was just humbling. Some of the people that listen to our show are just magnificent people, and uh. I'm oh not yeah, name them all because there was so many of them. But oh my goodness, so I'm still living on Ronda's cranberries. I'm telling you, I've never had so yeah. many packages of cranberries in my life, and they're delicious. I love them. Right, you so you, go. you got one family heirloom that I just can't believe you got. What was that? Oh, I know, I know. And broken bow. You've got it, from Dewey. You've got it. Oh, you know, I have that now. Oh well, thanks, yeah, Dewey. It's in that case. <laughs> it's in that case. Have you seen it? Yeah, I saw it that night. No, he's been no, he's been sorting through your stuff ever since, trying to yeah. figure out what which the heck do I want to keep. What am I going to ship? <laughs> oh, that that just what, I don't what, know what happened to that, Andrew. I think it got caught in a fire. I don't know. He's pri- <laughs> He's 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 been pricing. He's been putting price tags on everything, and you get back what they can't sell at the consignment shop. Well, right actually, yeah. I am very concerned. I am very concerned, Jay, because one of the items in there is my kilt, and that has uh, because I know I know Trent was getting more and more into kilts as the week went I on. I have my own kilt I'm now, thank you. Oh yes, yeah. that's another thing. 
Somebody made him a kilt. Did you know that? <laughs> oh, no. Right? Does it, oh, yeah. Yeah. does it look a lot like a cheerleader skirt? It does. It actually it, does. It, it does. Yeah. Does. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Go big red. It's, <laughs> it's cap scar green, actually. <laughs> okay. Well, you're gonna have to be for uh, let's see, like maybe TCU or somebody, right? Go. No, it would be Colorado Rams, Colorado State Rams. Oh, are they ra- oh, Are they greenish? Okay. Yeah, it's, they're more dark. Yeah, okay. Green. Yeah. Like, like it was very green. Trent actually, because you know, you know, uh, Trent is very much into uh, agriculture. It was very, very light green. Very pretty, and it probably would have fitted around about one of his legs. So I, I just want to see him wear it. Ah, uh, yeah, right, yeah. It's one of those things like I could send to my granddaughter, and she would think it was cool. It's She's thirteen and about. Oh no! Oh, well, yeah, way, my granddaughter's about that big a, around. It also had a tailor-made sporran. It was that good. Tailor-made. Well, it had the full regalia. It just wasn't very complimentary because it wasn't very big sporran. So it made me think, I wonder what this woman really What are you calling that? A, a sparring? Yeah, the thing in the middle. That's a, that's a the sparring? A sparring. Oh. Yeah. oh I See, now a we, you just coin, answered that was a coin old question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what do you have right. on, under the kilt? Here's where we're going to go. We're going to get out of this mess and come back and talk okay. about Michigan when Roll Rock continues. Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson, more after this. Michigan. Okay. Back in three, two, one. Welcome back. Roll Rock, Trent Loose alongside Jay Truett, somewhere in, looks like Missouri and is out back up behind him. Yep. Let's talk about the certified Piedmontese advantage. The advantage is tenderness. You do not need to chew hard. And the truth of the matter is that if you really look at consumer consumer satisfaction when it comes to beef consumption, tenderness ranks at the top every time. I'm not anti-marbling. Marbling is a wonderful uh, attribute of the beef that we produce in the United States, but it's not everything. And if you combine, say you can combine the Red Angus genetics of Cross Diamond, which you have an opportunity to tap into, 450 females and 250 bulls on December the 11th in Bertrand, Nebraska, Cross Diamond Cattle Company, CrossDiamondCattle.com, and the Piedmontese sires from Lone Creek, you got the best of both worlds. It works really great. But here's the deal. You as a consumer, you just need to go find out where to get this beef. And you do that by going to the website, cpbeef.com. That is cpbeef.com. Check it out today, Tender. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Loose alongside Jay Truett, somewhere in, looks like Missouri, and is out back up behind him. Yep, I'm out, been in, that. out in the country. You haven't been to Missouri. Uh, Which state did I... I think it was. No, you I weren't. Just didn't, creep in there. He didn't cut oh, across anywhere. Yeah, he did. He he went from St. Louis to I'm Quincy sorry. on Highway yeah, 61. Yeah, you did. Yeah. 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 You went north. At in fact, I think I worked out. Winsville. I did nine states. I did nine states in seven days. That would be true. Yeah, yeah, because you did Indiana and Missouri plus the seven we were in. And you were on the border of Kentucky. You could have snuck down into Kentucky, too. Oh, yeah, I've got that t-shirt. I've got that. See, t-shirt. that's the, that's that's 
That's the reason I told you to come to Texas, though, Andrew, because in seven days you can almost drive all over Texas. Um, well, as you all oh. know, Jim went to Texas, so he's been there. I think he went to yeah. Texas anyway. When he went to Alabama or somewhere like that. No, he yeah, didn't go well, to Texas. Next time, so, next time so. again, we'll do Texas, New Mexico, and then we'll turn around and do the other end of Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana. And you can fly out well, of Florida uh, or something. Oh, like you that. can fly out of El Paso. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that'll be fun. No, yeah. We'll do the trip in reverse, and you get to end up in El Paso. Uh, you two roosters, a baby goat, and uh, and a bunch of other stuff will get on the plane, and you can fly from El Paso all the way back to Houston, so you can get on a real airplane. I'm going to tell you where I, the way I'd like to do it next time, if there was a next time in in the coming mm-hmm. months. I'd like to go into Denver and out of Denver because I think that that would no. be a good idea. And, no. Why? New go plan. Ahead. Go what, ahead. Go ahead. Though. Try to story. try to justify your story. Well, where do you want I to see? North, I can go north and see a bit more of Nebraska, um, South Dakota, and North Dakota. And then I could come back down through Minnesota, um, and then uh, we could cross over into Colorado, and then and then stay right, go down south a bit, and come back to mm. to to Colorado. I mean, I I just think that yeah. you could do most of it mm. from one airport, to be honest. Well, you, yeah. No, if we did another tour like that, we would start in Denver. And then go to Wyoming, then Montana, and get over to Idaho, come down, hit a bit of uh, Ontario, Oregon, and then come down uh, through Utah. Like into Utah. And then then Utah, then back into Denver. That would be a good path. Yeah. That would be a good circle. Okay. In fact, you you know, we could also hit a a tick of Alberta on that trip. Yeah, you could. Okay. Anything you would he I'd would like, you would enjoy like that, right? I'd like to see more of South Dakota and North Dakota, to be honest. But there you go. Well, I don't. Uh, well, before I before I make my joke, does the the current uh, monarchy do they use pronouns of queen or king? I because I know that's all optional in today's world. So is he? Did he make them change the song? Are you talking about Trudeau? Yeah. No, no, of uh, of England. I he's the, not my king, he, so I, I don't I, even I don't even acknowledge. <laughs> well, I was I was gonna say it could be a it could be a great uh, great thing if we like tipped into Alberta though, and uh, and you could sing your own personal version of God save the uh, whoever that guy uh, that yeah. person is. I learned we can't say guy or gal anymore, okay. right? Well, I can, so, but whatever. Michigan. What's Michigan? Something extremely dangerous happened yesterday in Michigan. After two days of what they are calling intense negotiation on the congressional floor in the state capital of Michigan, Michigan passed a law that says they will supersede county authority on anything that is deemed green energy, and there's no such thing as green energy, but we'll just go on from that, Uh, particularly wind wind and solar developments. The county no longer has a say. That, my friends, is the step in a bad direction. Well, like two weeks ago, 
that same legislature under really, honestly, not anywhere nearly tense negotiations, came up with a strategy on how they were going to sell uh, energy credits to California uh, by producing an excessive amount of, amount of green energy. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm completely baffled by it. Texas, Texas made a, the biggest blunder that you could possibly make here a few years ago and allowed the state to rely upon about 20-something, 30-something percent of their energy. 40. To They're cur currently at 40. Or, or well, but is even, currently at 40. Yeah, but even then, though, I think the number still at that time was only like 31 right. or 34 percent. Are you talking like about that. February 2021 when we had the blackout? Yes. Yeah. It was and, and, it what, was and what? And what? And what happened? So now they've been able to actually you, you could dig through all the data now and and really look at that in a really close, careful examination. And the reality of what happened was they came within one point five percent of available supply of the entire grid in the entire state completely crashing, not just not just portions of the state but literally every single household and business in the state not being able to even fire up the grid. And now Michigan is basically a state that experiences that was a one in 50 year event in the state of Texas. So that wasn't normal. Right. And, that, and I'm not trying to defend ERCOT in that. I'm just saying that there's no, you can't really plan for events that almost never happen, but uh, and there's a lot of reasons why Texas is still headed in the wrong direction in that front. We should be building a couple of nuclear plants, is what. We well, they're be begging coal-fired power plants to come back online, and the coal-fired power plants said, I, "No, we we don't have a solid I, ground yeah. to stand on." No, can you're not I, going. They're I, not I, going I, to from a regulatory standpoint. But yeah, Michigan Andrew. is like doubling down on stupid here. I know, Andrew. So I, I want to ask you: Do you, do you guys understand understand what the words enlightened despotism means? Did you know what that meant? Yeah, I'm not for sure. Because what it means is, in the crude sense of the word, is that um, a ruler um, knows that everything he's doing or she's doing is bringing her nation to its end. It's a it, it, the whole thing's going to collapse knowingly. Now, when you know that the rest of the world is still continuing to increase its carbon output, and that increase in carbon output is far, far cheaper than anything you're trying to do, that, that and you know that's happening, then that means that eventually your own nation state will fail through mm -hmm. lack of competitiveness yeah. On energy, so why on earth yeah. in the UK and in the United States of America are we allowing this to happen? It's just, it's absolute tyranny. I mean, it's yeah, it's so stupid. It's it's not even you can't even argue as a lobbyist uh, that there's any sense in this because at the end of the day, if it was true, and that reducing carbon to nothing uh, by uh, two thousand and fifty was the right move, then everybody would follow in that move. But that's not the case. It's ridiculous. Here, 
I, you know what I believe the whole thing in Michigan is about, uh, of, from the people that, uh, in the legislature that justified doing this, I think that they realized that they weren't going to be able, they could make more money. This became a profit generating thing. Ah, for see, the that's state. Where I see it. Well, for the, it's not just for the state, it's for the politicians because they're the ones that invest in all these, um, Lulu ideas, I'm going to say, you know, of, you know, green, you know, windmills, uh, ground source heat pumps, getting rid of coal fuel, getting rid of oil, getting rid of gas. It's, it's a, all it is is an investment opportunity for criminals. It's like a well, nation state mafia, a nation state Mi mafia. Mich Michigan was rapidly on a path to making themselves insolvent. And uh, and uh, they could they there could see go. down the pike. And one yeah. of the ways right. that they could one of the ways they could pay the bill was to get in California to pay the bill. That's yeah. right. We got to take a break halfway through roll route. J. Troy Andrew Henderson. More after this. Speaking of seeing down the pike, you cannot see anything without electricity, and coal is the reliable source of electricity. Get more details about Lignite, how life is powered by coal, and you do that by going to the website. Check out all the videos of the people that make it happen. We need a reliable source of electricity, and coal gets it done. We cannot continue to reject that. Lignite.com. Also want to remind you, when it comes to pest control and food production, Apache sprayers, speaking of getting it done, Apache sprayers have innovation, have technology. Most importantly, Simpson Farm Enterprises has service like no other. Simpsonfarm.com. You'll see what I'm talking about. High Plains Apache on the northern tier of the Great Plains. Either High Plains Apache, Simpsonfarm.com. We're back with more Roll Route, second half after this. Welcome back. Roll oh. out. Trent Lewis alongside J. Truett, Andrew Henderson. Are you haying me in the middle of the introduction, Andrew? What are you doing? No, I was oh. just eating some food. And oh. I oh. was thinking that there was a link. Um, there was a link by Jay there to the new Speaker of the House. And I wanted to know Jay's view on the new Speaker of the House. Did he have a view? And what are we likely to expect? Yeah, I so I like the guy. Um, I mean, I met him a few times, right? And um, okay. he's, uh, I think he's a pretty straight shooter as far as um, a, a lawyer who worked as a, you know, um, a federal attorney for a little while, blah, 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 and kind of has the uh, traditional resume for being a politician, but not for being the speaker. Um, I found it pretty interesting that they were able to uh, basically put Mr. McCarthy. Uh, they won by doing to the Congress what McCarthy was doing to them, and uh, okay. and so that part turns out well. I still, uh, up until literally even the day before they elected uh, uh, Johnson, though, I I still kind of thought that Jim Jordan would rush back in. Uh, I did predict that he would be the speaker and that they would they would end up confirming him. I was wrong about that. But um, I think this uh, this guy from a policy perspective is probably a better speaker than what um, Jordan would have been. Um, right. And I, it, it, I do it, think it, that it means that we'll have a real shutdown on the on November 17th because the uh, 
the Democrats are going to want to prove that he can't, you know, that they can't just let him operate as he has so far. He's been passing legislation through the House and moving legislation. That's exactly what he said. let, Let me ask you this question. So this particular bill that paid money to uh, Israel, but no money to um, Ukraine. And uh, the the president has said he wouldn't pass that bill. Has that actually got in front of the president yet? Because I'm intrigued to know whether that's really going to play out that way. Is it? Is he not going to give money to Israel? It's not going to pass the Senate anytime soon. Um, But eventually, I think that it will. But I also think they're going to have to hold a vote in the House of Representatives on Ukraine funding. Right. Right. Um, There is a majority of both Democrats and probably a majority of Republicans that will support sending more money to Ukraine. I can't say how much, but it's really clear when you talk to people on the Hill, they expect something like that. If nothing else, they can do what's called a discharge petition and force that vote. The speaker can't say no to a discharge okay. petition. And okay. so if 218 members sign uh, a letter saying that they'll support it, he has no choice but to allow the vote. And I think that support is still there. Um, okay. I think that's why Zelensky, you know, did the show that he did over the weekend so that he could, he could, uh, uh, make some outrageous statements and and you know try to bully the US Congress into supporting him and I think they'll they'll end up doing it. So what will happen, I mean the mechanics of this so that people don't misunderstand what the speaker did and didn't do. At the end of the day what'll happen is is that we'll pass a bunch of individual bills. The Senate is going to force you to combine all of them into one package. And so we'll still be passing one great big package, but at least you will be able to see the transparency in the House, not the Senate, but the House, so that you'll know what's in each one of those individual packages is. And the Senate will rename the bill a House number that's one of those bills. That Because if they don't do that, then legally the legislation didn't come from the House of Representatives. And if it includes spending money, it is required by the Constitution to come from the House of Representatives. <laughs> and, okay, then, so, so, and then we're really, off. When, okay, so when um, um, they were looking at other people for the Speaker's uh, position and um, they ended up with Johnson, he's actually, I mean, if it was... Any anybody else, they would have been in this position as well, wouldn't they? That even if they said that uh, they aren't going to uh, allow funding for Ukraine, there was always a way around that anyway. Is that what you're saying? Last. Yeah. The difference is the the difference is is Jordan. I don't think I don't think Mike Johnson will allow normal order to approve a bill that is going to just like give money to the Ukraine without some accountability associated with it. And we'll see so how that I'm actually comes Jordan. out in the final. But Jim Jordan would have also also had to yeah. have finally allowed yeah. it, I think. I, I, so what, was, what, was I mean, fundamentally, what was the difference between him and Jim Jordan? Because I'm seeing some very good things coming out of Johnson. 
I want to know what you think the main difference is between the two. Well, that's the bit that puzzles me. I, I can't really see anything. But anyway, go on. Well, I think I think the thing that King, I think the thing that actually uh, kept Jordan from getting over the top, honestly, was Kevin McCarthy was still holding some boats out on him. And, um, okay. and so, um, and then when the, 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 the master stroke politically, this is kind of inside the, uh, this is like practice, practice, uh, or game prep discussion. The master stroke that Johnson accomplished was he required them to do a roll call vote in the caucus so that, that nobody could vote privately. Everyone had to vote out in front. And McCarthy couldn't hold his votes together when people had to actually vote openly. It became obvious what was going on. And uh, even Steve Scalise actually saw that it was McCarthy probably nixed his chances to be the speaker as well. Um, Again, uh, Mike Johnson is a a great choice. I think he's going to be fine. He has good staff. Not not the not the level of of like what if you go back in time one of the best staffs the the speaker staffs that ever came along was when dick army tom delay and roy blunt were the three the three amigos that ran the house of representatives that was probably the best staff i can remember uh for a long long time um and john boehner had a pretty good staff but sadly in the midst of his beginning staff he he had lost one of his key people, which was Barry Jackson, to the White House, and uh, and that probably hurt John Boehner more than anything because Barry was the the person internally that, that could keep everybody focused really well. Mike Summers replaced him. He was a good a good guy. I like Mike a lot, um, but Barry was was kind of renowned on Capitol Hill for being one of those people that knew how to pull together really difficult votes and uh, and get them get them kind of coordinated and pushed it, through. It, it, it's what I'm hearing is what I'm hearing about Sam Bankman-Fried and the um, and the uh, FTX scandal. Um, is it true? Are you hearing that McCarthy's up to his neck in that? Is that do you think that's true or do you think that's just I think he's just one of the many. Yeah, I think there's yeah. probably a lot of people, uh, especially California and tech center people, that'll get caught up in that. I sadly, I, I, so I'm just gonna say it right. Um, when I read this whole thing, I don't really blame the investors or even the bankers that invested invested in him, outside of the people inside the bank that were auditing the the guy. Um, that okay. they should have picked up long before. It's, you know the. I mean, he committed pure fraud, plain and simple. You can't really get around that and embezzlement and a whole bunch of other violations. If any of the rest of us had done the same thing to a business of the size that what he did, we'd also get 110 years in prison. With, uh, with and his so involvement it in is the banking what it is. business, Gavin Newsom has to be involved as well. Yeah, you would assume so, right? I'm also, I'll, I'll just say this, right? You can also probably assume that Paul Pelosi was involved in yeah, that. Absolutely. But Paul Pelosi, Paul Pelosi's involved in every, he's become a billionaire because he's been involved in every tech move that's taken place so far. This one didn't break and, him, right? And solar but, development in the West. 
Yeah, but let's be honest with you, too. I mean, come on, people. Uh, Tom Brady invest and his wife, ex-wife, invested like, you know, $100 million in in that same fund, et cetera, et cetera. There's a bunch of people that didn't have anything to gain other than extraordinary gains that they were being promised. This is this is just one of those things that comes along. It's a little bit like... Uh, Sounds like building a CO2 pipeline. You get promised the, in, the yeah. whole enchilada yeah. and you get a, yeah. less than a taco. Yeah, yeah exactly, right? But and so Tom, we've seen Tom, it happen before. Did Tom Brady's wife get any of that money back then, or she lost it? No, it's all gone. Both of them. They did it as a a joint venture. And so, I mean, you know, again, let's just be honest, though. Uh, I don't don't think, I don't, you know, I normally, I like to, uh, I like to, kind of be critical of our political establishment as much as possible and especially if they're democrats i'm i'm more than game to jump for it but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna hold these members of congress that invested private money in some entity that um the the guy turned out to just be a complete whack job um when some really bright people in the in in the financial world were also putting money in that thing yeah well the other side of that jay is that is there any wonder if these guys have no more ability to discern whether or not to invest their own money in some whack job that they're investing our money around the world places that we don't have to? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. this no. kind of well, goes a Great question, well, right? Well, the other question is that it was very clearly being used as a, um, as a mechanism for bringing money to and from Ukraine. Um, so here's... Um, his uh, cryptocurrency was being used to collect payments from uh, um, Ukraine, and I think that's it. That's it. I mean, I've seen. I think yeah, there's a tie to all of it. Roll out. Last segment, just ahead after yeah. this. Let's talk about the All-American Beef Battalion going to be cooking at the Cross Diamond Bull Sale December the 10th. The sale itself is the 11th, but the cooking aspect, the steak feed, will be on the 10th. And then also cooking at the National Western in Denver, Colorado on January 6th. This is the Bread Female Sale. If you're not in tune with this, maybe you want to consign Bread Females. Maybe you just want to be there so you can watch the sale. You could watch it on Superior Northern Livestock or Allied Genetics, but watch it in person, eat a ribeye, and enjoy fellowship of other cattlemen. That's what the National Western is all about. Details at the National West, no, not the NationalWestern.com. Don't forget, the kids will be there in force, and kids and livestock, there's just something special about that. NationalWestern.com. See you in Denver, January. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Lewis alongside Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson. And uh, Jay, the one thing that Andrew said that I think was um, very telling and we, we should focus on as we're traversing through the heartland of America, again, Illinois, Wisconsin, Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Nebraska, Colorado, is that we have an abundant amount of resources, but that we don't capture all that we could there's so much more we could be doing was that not your observation Absolutely. andrew yeah 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 um my mine as well i don't, don't blame, i mean I, we've I don't, I don't i don't blame the farmers for that though um 
I I do blame your system. Um, I I looked at that and I thought, wow, America could be so so strong and do it in a very very sustainable, environmentally friendly way. And that's the bit that yeah. really annoys me about this carbon footprint nonsense, because it's just a complete side show to the truth. You know, American prairies and um, farmland is a solution, without a doubt. It's not the problem, it's the solution. Now, I, so I couldn't, I literally could not agree more um, with that comment. And I think one of the big debates that we lost for a long time in rural America was this debate somehow that we were damaging the environment. And I get how that debate got created. And it got created from some of the corporate style production uh, entities that we had in the United States. But when you fly over America, even if yeah. even if that were true, and I don't really buy all of that, uh, I'm not crazy about some of that production style. But the but the reality is, even if you just buy that, and we'll just take that at face value, the you fly over the country and what you quickly begin to realize is if you were in a plane looking down and you were looking at a map of, say, 1880 versus 1980 versus today, you would you would have to admit that today we have more timber available. Oh, we have no doubt we have more um, less erosion. We have uh, more production more efficiency yeah. we use less fossil fuel per bushel of grain produced oh, than in 1980 by far uh, not than 1880 because we didn't really use any then no but in in reality if you're talking about the amount of hay that went through horses in 1880 and the amount of timber that went into the train that hauled the produce uh, off instead of something else or coal or or timber and the the reality is is that we're so far ahead of this curve that it's not even funny, and yet we have we still can't seem to win the debate, the discussion, and the debate. We uh, a pig. Let, let's just talk trance business. What were the conversion rates on pigs in in the, the early 1900s? Right. Well, uh, well, we don't know. Seventeen to one. Could we, yeah. we, could, we wouldn't even know because we right. could, hadn't guessed. We, we put a lot. It was it was a huge amount of look, inputs for look, a very guys, little output. Here's the observation that I would make, and this is a this is this is a compliment, it's not a criticism. I I had a vision of the northern plains being a difficult area to farm in because I had a view that was totally wrong, by the way, that the these soil the soil structure and the, the prairies uh, obviously, I knew they'd been irrigated now, but I, I had a view that we were going to see, you know, much lower um, uh, yields per acre because you were working in not just a, a more difficult terrain because of the temperatures, but also because of the actual uh, quality and fertility of the ground itself. I couldn't yeah. have been more wrong. I couldn't have been more wrong. Yeah. When I got to... Um, some of the Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin, North Dakota, South Dakota, some of the soil I saw, black, peaty, rich, abundant with, with nutrients. I was shocked. I was very shocked at how... Now, 
the challenges, uh, not least the environment itself. But my goodness, uh, you know, I never thought I'd see that quality of ground. I, and I, I challenge anybody to get, you, you, you talk about the prairies and you have a, an almost like when I went to northern Canada and I was in uh, Calgary and went north to, to um, uh, I think it's Red, somebody, Red Red Rock, I think I went north. Red Deer. I, I saw Red Deer. Yeah. I saw um, that land was what I expected to see, which was right. not as productive in any way, shape or form as what I saw in in North America, there in, in 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 the north of the USA, I was staggered how good that ground is. Yeah, and um, I and that is our resource, you know, right? That is one of the resources oh the United States brings to the table that not very many places on the planet do. And oh, uh, I, doubt. I and that we and that, we've so lost the, the debate though. It, but the idea that you've raped it with fertilizer and taking all the goodness out of it and all that it's absolute the biggest load of bovine fecal matter i've ever heard because that's evidently not the case and i'll give you an example when i can see millet sunflower soya corn and sycamore trees or, or, or conifer trees all in the same area then something very clever is going on there in terms of crop, crop rotation I saw I, that I, in North Dakota. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would tell you. I think Andrew, part of this is is just ignorance on the part of the people that uh, keep making these claims. You, if, uh, here's the, here's what I consider to be the secret uh, for rural America. And I'm not, at, I'm not telling people to trespass, but if you, if you're one of those people that has ev that ever walked out on a farm field walked out, actually yeah. walked with your own feet out on the field and felt how the soil felt underneath your feet there's a huge you can tell a huge amount about how the person is taking care of the property and what they're doing and, and whether or not it's good or bad for the environment purely based on how it feels when you walk out there and yeah, if you did, did that in 1980 in most of America and then you did it today, this debate would be over because today we have soils that will absorb a lot more water. They're converting uh, yeah. carbon right in the soil a lot better. And none of that had anything to do with a subsidy or government influence. It was because people figured out that was the most productive and best for their long-term survivability in the farm it wasn't about trent, how many anything how many times else did you talk to me trent how many times did you talk to me before i went to america and during the time i was in america about tiling the ground yeah well moving we, water around we talked about we saw both we saw tiling try to get excess water out of the way of food production, and we saw water being applied to the land. We saw both, yeah. both yeah. extremes. No, but the point I'm trying to make is that um, until I actually went and you were explaining it to me, it's not something you shout about a lot. But my goodness, what a dramatic change that's made to the productivity of that ground both ways. And that, well, and you know, look at yeah. just look at the uh, Andrew the, on the, in exactly the same front though. Look at the efficiency 
of an irrigation system today versus the one from 20 or 30 years ago, that it's an, it's an incomparable, insurmountable difference. Well, and, which tells me why they want to try and control your water. Um, and, and the only thing, and I want you as Americans to take this the right way, is that the suited and booted businessmen from the cities and Washington, they ridicule the farmer because of their manner rather than because of their expertise. And that, that came loud and clear to me as well. I saw how they're portrayed compared to how they really are. Yeah. It's, it's, it really is quite, an, it's quite something when you look at how they're portrayed, look at the way Summit portray the farmers. Just look at that, Chad. It's yeah. despicable, but it, they found a weakness and they're going to home in on it. It's true, isn't it? Yeah, it's it absolutely true. Yep. I, I, you know? I, again, and I, I said earlier, I said, you know, that if a person will fly over it, but the reality is, is that you need to drive through it and, and really understand yep. what's going on. And the, there is, there are a lot of sad things that are happening in rural America. I, 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 and and I'm not I'm not for sure that in every respect that we kept the structure of rural America um, up with some of the operations and the and the the other things. But uh, I don't know about that. But I do know that everything started to slide backwards when we allowed a, a conservation reserve program to go into play because yeah. we wanted these highly erodible lands to be out of farming food production. And now we have people signing up for rangeland CRP where they're grazing yeah. areas and they're getting paid a, pay a payment. That makes no sense yeah. whatsoever. It's all about reducing no, no. our ability to produce food efficiently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I again, it, I saw, I saw America through Trent's eyes for the first time because I've been to other parts of America, but I've never seen this. And I have to say, he's bang on the money when he talks about American farmers uh, and being that they're being the solution. What we need to do is find out how we can win the argument with the public. That's the key. Uh, well, we have Biden helping us in that regard. And I'll close today with a story <laughs> yeah. from Moab, Utah, because, you know, I've spoken in 42 states about the dangers of 30 by 30. And nobody, unless you're involved in agriculture, wanted to pay attention. Well, Moab, Utah... They are chasing all uh, uh, ATV riders, dirt bike riders, pickup Jeep riders off of the public lands. And people in Utah are saying, wait a minute, this is our land. No, this is part of 30 by 30. So saddle up and ride, boys, because this is what you didn't know and said wouldn't affect you. Here it is. We've successfully journeyed down the path Amen. connecting <laughs> food producers to food consumers. For Jay Truett, Andrew Henderson, I'm Trent Luce. All three of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll rock. Finally, today, let's talk about healthy living. It's about dietary choices, but it's also about one supplement. I only take one supplement, only ever have taken one, and that is nitric oxide. Quite honestly, we're all deficient in nitric oxide. If you have the nitric oxide at the right level, your blood works, your hormones work, your fog brain doesn't show up, your immune system stays in tune. Dr. Nathan Bryan with full details about everything I'm talking about on the website, the cardiovascular benefit of nitric oxide on a daily basis. No2u.com. That's no, 
Number2LetterU.com when you put Trent as your coupon code. Then you pay no shipping. That's a deal. Trent is worth no shipping. I don't know. What is that? 12 bucks? Now you know what I'm worth. N-O-2-U.com. Nitric oxide. Don't live another day without it.